Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope y'all are all ready to throw your hands up and shout the hurt church down. Because I am, you know. It's a, you know, you know, it's it's been a battle with this and that, and you know, I've got so much going on with work and school and everything. But you know, we've got to learn to start stepping out in faith. You know, Abraham was our father of faith. You know, we've got to learn. You know, when we're sick in our bodies, you know, we've got to step out in faith. You know, the Lord can touch you right where you are. Don't get me wrong. Don't take it the wrong way. But sometimes when we're sick and we're down and we don't feel good, we need to step out in front of all these people and in front of all these cameras and and have faith that the Lord's going to touch us. You know, when Chris come up here and gave that testimony of his mother-in-law, man, I was shouting happy. I was jumping up and down, you know. I don't care what anybody else thinks, whether I jump or I don't jump. I'm telling you what, we've got to learn. You know, they had faith that the Lord was going to touch. No matter what, they kept their faith. They, they knew that they was, the Lord was going to touch them. They didn't know how. They didn't know when. But they still had the faith that he was going to do it. And he did it. And that's the same thing with you, Adam. Your mama, the Lord's going to touch her. I believe it. I believe it. You know, and we've got to learn that, you know. We need to start stepping out for other people. You know, I get down here, I've been praying for my family Amen. every day. Every Sunday morning when I come up here and I put my money in here, I come over here and I pray for my family. Not just my immediate family, but my other family that don't come to church. I pray and I have faith that the Lord is going to touch them and deal with them and get them back in these doors. I have faith that the Lord is going to bring more people in these doors People that have questions that don't know the answer to, and it's right there in front of their face. We've got to drag them in if we have to, but pray for them. Have faith that the Lord is going to touch them. Dear Lord in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. And Lord, I'm asking for the anointing to pour down in this place today, Lord. Anoint the preaching as he starts preaching tonight, Lord. I ask you to touch him in a great and mighty way. And Lord, I ask you to pour out the Spirit on the people here, Lord, and the ones watching behind the camera, Lord, that can't make it, Lord. I ask you to touch them greatly, Lord. And Lord, if anybody here is sick or dealing with things, Lord, I ask you to move on them, Lord. Start dealing with them, Lord, that they, you'd know that you're there for them, Lord. Just touch them right where they are and bring them down to these pews, Lord, that you can touch them even greater right there, Lord. Let them have a power, Lord. Just help them to you and talk to other people, Lord, and let them be a light in this dying world. Amen. Cause he picked me 
choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind so so long to my old friends to burden and bitterness you can keep on moving you're not welcome here oh and from now till i walk straight to go i'll sing of how you saved my soul this wayward son is found his way back home But to believe my doubts are burning Like ashes in the wind Oh, so, so long to my old friends To burden and bitterness You can keep on moving You're not welcome here Oh, but from now till I walk streets of gold I'll sing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found his way back home. Oh, because he picked me up and turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the Savior. Because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. Savior, I thank God. Because he picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank Savior. Because you healed my heart, you changed my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank Savior, I thank You picked me up and turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Because He healed my heart. He changed my name. Forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank Savior. I thank God. Because hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. 
Praise the Lord. That boy's doing pretty good on them drums, ain't he? Not bad for a newcomer. He's going to take my job, and I'm going to let him. Amen. Well, it's good to see everybody tonight. Glad you came to church. We're going to take up the offering as we get ready to go into the rest of the service. So we'll ask you to give tonight. And um, I asked my wife this morning if she had a total on our building fund, what we've uh, taken so far. I think she says 10700 or something like that. Anybody want to give 300 tonight and make it 11 even, we'll take it. But we're working on building a new sanctuary out back, which we're a long ways off, but we're still raising money. We're asking for help. We're going to keep on asking until it gets built, until it, get, until it gets put up, till God does it. Uh, well, how do you think God's going to do that? God has so many ways he can do things. And I've learned something. He don't do it the way I want it done. He don't do it when I want it done. And he don't do it how I want it done. I've come to find out that my ways of thinking are always different than his ways of thinking. Anytime I feel like I'm getting into something or he's leading me into something, I may be thinking it's going to go one way and it goes a whole other way. Amen. That's just the way it works. But you know what? We live by faith no matter how it goes. 
we trust God. Amen. So we're going to ask you to give tonight and help us to do what the Lord has called us to do. Those through the Internet, we had Internet problems this morning, so the service didn't go online very good. It was in bits and pieces, but hopefully it's on tonight, and people can be watching, and you can be blessed, and you can give. Amen. So let's pray, take up the offering, and ask the Lord's blessing on this service. Lord, we ask you to have your way tonight. We ask you to bless the offering tonight, God. We ask you to bless the givers. Lord, we ask you to have your way in the name of Jesus. We ask you to touch people tonight. We ask you to bless people tonight. We ask you to speak to hearts tonight. We ask you to do what only you can do, Lord. And we ask you to have your way. Move through the sanctuary tonight. Move through every person in this place. God, help us with what we need for the building fund. You know what we need. You know all the resources that we need, so we're asking for you to give it, and we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I can see that you are drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing by your side, holding your hand, so let your kingdom come, let it live in me. Get into 
about Jesus. Before we get into the uh, word tonight, you know, Miss Mildred came to me this morning and uh, she said, uh, I, I kind of have felt like the Lord's laid something on my heart and I'm just wondering if you, what you felt about it or thought about it. She didn't know it. I didn't say nothing, but it didn't hit me till later. Just a few days ago, you were on my mind uh, concerning what you asked me. She said, I uh, really feel like the Lord's laid something on my heart just for a couple minutes to give a little bit of a testimony about 
how the Lord brought me to this church and everything. And she said, I just want you to pray about it and just let me know when. And I said, okay, we'll do it. So the Lord put it on my heart today. And when she walked in the door this evening, I said, tonight. So come on. While it's fresh. <laughs> you don't give them a time to change their mind. <laughs> but she's going to share what the Lord's laid on her heart. And I believe you'll be blessed. Thank you. Well, this is not my, my comfort zone here. <laughs> but... Uh, I just wanted to, you know, everybody knows that my, my daddy was a Baptist preacher, and I was raised Baptist, but in my 20s, we went to this little church, and this little Pentecostal church, and I saw these women, they were speaking in tongues, and one was interpreting, and I knew that they had something, I knew they had something that I wanted, but years went by, it was 30 years, probably, and so my husband, he got sick, and you know, we, you know, when you're down on your deathbed or whatever you think that, and that, that makes you start looking at things differently. So we went back to that same little church, and we started going there, and uh, and I started seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you know, we were told you had to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus. And then you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you have to be perfect before you receive it. So, but I asked my husband, see, I didn't know anything about this. I, I said, you know, why would you need it, need, need the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you could be perfect without it? So anyway, I saw my little niece. She, she received it one night, and I was like, that's it. I, you know, I, that's what I want. So... About six months, every time I was in service, I was at man, I was, I was after that, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So one day, and when Brother Thomas tells his testimony about the churches they went to and everything, I could identify because it was just like, you go in and there's all this hype and this, you know, this commotion and the, and the spirit, you can feel a spirit, but it's not the spirit of the Lord. And you keep saying, Lord, and, but, and I was even told, you don't know anything. But uh, so, but anyway, uh, June the 1st, 2003, it was only 20 years this year that down in Chattanooga at a little church that my sister and I went to, man, I, the preacher got up and he said, the Lord has something for somebody here today. And that church was cramped full, but man, I didn't want to go up. My heart was beating so fast that my, the bench was moving, but he said it three times and the light, he said, I don't know what it is, if it's the Holy Spirit. And when he said that, here I went. So, but they, they was these two women, one on each side. They were screaming in my ears. I mean, screaming. And I was like, but I held my hands up and I said, Lord, you said you have something for me today and I'm not leaving here without it. And about, but about that time, the devil said, well, you're not going to get it today. So I started putting my hands down. Next thing I knew, I was laying in the floor speaking in tongues. Amen. <laughs> but you talk about peace. There was a peace that came over me that day because I knew it was real. I knew it was real like you, Adam. You know, we, we grew up, you know, similar and everything. Our families are good people and everything, but when they come up and they say, you know, it's not for you today, you know, but but you know there's something more. You go to church, you go to church, but you know there's something more. But anyway, uh, then my husband, 
we went down to that little church for four and a half years. We drove and it to Chattanooga every Sunday. We were there more than the people that live close by because we were hungry. Well, the church fell apart. And so we went to this guy's house in Cleveland. We had Bible service for like six months at his house. But then anyway, when we kept, when that ended, I told my husband, I said, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to a church. I'm over going to church. I said, I'll stay home. I'll read and I pray. See, I was, I was dependent on my works. You know, my still, I still didn't know, you know, how to, where to put my faith. Well, my husband, he died. So, I, and I wasn't going to church, and I was, you know, I was getting up every morning, and I was like, what's today going to be like? I, you know, I don't want anyone to face today. And I was in this dark place. When it got dark at night, I was so, I was so depressed that I would cry myself to sleep at night. My kids don't even know this, so if they see this, they're going to be mad at me. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I was just in this dark, dark place. And one day I came in from, I'd been to my daughter's and spent the night. I came in, I had my suitcase and my stuff in my hand. I just dropped it to the floor and I fell on my knees and I said, Lord, I need you. I can't do this by myself. And that was just a blanket of peace just fell over me. I mean, I've, you know, it was that peace that passes all understanding. That was it right there. And I was laying in the floor. And we and you know the brothers and I they've been talking about, you know, surrendering, surrendering. Well, that song came to my mind, I surrender all. So I just reached up and I'm still sitting in the floor and I got my little candle and I got on YouTube and I put I surrender all. Well, two or three different people I listened to. Well, I listened to this one and I was man, I was just laying in the floor crying and crying. And it was Joseph Larson. And I, I didn't know anything. I knew who Jimmy Swaggart was, but we didn't listen to Jimmy Swaggart. But, but I looked and it said Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. And I was like, I think I got that channel on my TV. So I went in there and I turned it on. And man, like I said, my life changed that day. I started watching them and listening to them, listening to the message of the cross. I listened to the study of the word, you know. And I'd think, man, they sure do talk about the cross a lot, you know. And then one day I was like, what else is there? Without the cross, there's nothing, you know. So anyway, I don't want to make this be so long, but anyway, Brother Swigert, two or three different times, he was talking about the harvest. And I, and I said, you know, I'll just stay here. This, um, you know, SBN will be my church. Cause, and I'd make sure I was there on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I'd watch it. That was my church. But then the, he was talking about the harvest, and he'd show those fields, those fields of cotton and all that stuff, you know. And he showed it two or three times, and he's talking about the harvest coming in. So I started praying. I said, Lord, if there's a church close by, I, I said, Lord, you know I can't drive far by myself. But... If there's, a, if there's a church close by that's going to be that in the middle of the harvest, I said, I want to be where it is. I don't want to be sitting here watching it on TV. I want to be where it is. And, and I pray. I say, send it to me, Lord. So one day I just picked my phone up and I Googled FWC and it came up this church. Hallelujah. So, so, but see, nothing is done by coincidence or mistake. So the first one I saw preach was Adam. Adam's my neighbor. I've known him since he was this big, and I thought, 
Lord, he says, but I want, I said, Lord, I want to make sure it's you, not just me. I want to make sure it's you. So I watched, I watched this for months. And then uh, one day I said, Lord, I said, one Saturday, I'll never forget it. And I said, Lord, I need a sign. I want, I want to know if that's where you want me to go. Well, I was watching an old camp meeting. This Donnie Swagger was preaching, and they showed the audience, and there was Brother Thomas, Sister Melissa, and Michaela. And, and I said, there's my sign. So the next morning, this, that's where I started. That's been two and a half years ago. But three years ago was when, I mean, my life changed. I know now what to put my faith in. I never, I put my faith in my works. I never understood, you know, anything about, you know, your works or whatever. I thought, you know, the more you pray, the more you read, the more you go to church, everything, you know, the stronger you're going to be. No, you put your faith in Jesus. You don't, I, I found out that I knew I couldn't do it. I found out I didn't have to. Jesus has already done it for me on the cross. And I praise God. I thank you for this church. I thank you for our pastors that, I mean, they preach the truth. It's in the Bible. I mean, right here, this is all, this is what you need. Just, you know, read, but read yourself and pray. But I am so thankful to be here. And I love you people. I love you. We love you too. Praise the Lord. I just give her the mic, let her preach on. She's doing a good job. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a testimony. See, you never know. You never know what, how you're affecting people. Adam, you got somebody that likes you, brother. Everybody don't hate you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've, I've, we've heard, you know, other testimonies similar to, similar to that. And there's the people, other people who should be here who were asking God for a church and Searched on the internet, bam, here it was, right in front of us. And, and they start out, hey, the Lord brought me here, and then you're gone. You see, people got to get rooted. You got to get grounded. You got to stay. I can only imagine what it must have been like to have to work through all of that wrong theology that you grew up with. Coming from a Baptist household where they, no, that stuff ain't real. That ain't for us. And here you are, you're, you're wanting what God has, and you know, I'm glad me and my wife got in at the same time, and I'm glad that we both believe the same thing, and she didn't pull me, and I didn't pull her, but we went together, amen, we believe, why, because we read the Bible, we believe what the Bible says, and if that's what, if you'll do that, you'll get what you need, but you got to read the Bible, amen, praise God, what a testimony, somebody I believe is blessed tonight, people watching through the internet, look, there's more of you out there, you've been asking the same thing, there's your confirmation, there's your answer. God has a church for you right here in Athens, Tennessee. We haven't closed down. We haven't distanced ourselves. We haven't folded up. We're still here preaching the gospel and telling the truth because I don't think we have long till we're going to be out of here. Amen. Amen. I don't believe it's going to be long. We're going to be out of here. Now ain't the time to be slacking and sitting and waiting. Now's the time to go forward. Tonight, I want to go to... 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I thought I was going here this morning, but I kind of had it in a little reverse order, I believe, but I feel like this is where the Lord wanted me to go tonight, and if he wants to change any of it, then uh, he can gladly do so. I'm open to whatever the Lord wants, but this is going to be the text tonight, the scriptures I'm going to read from, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to start reading at verse 8. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8, says this, For we would not, brethren, 
Have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life? But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you for your help tonight. We ask you for your anointing, for your power, Lord, for your grace and your mercy to move tonight, Lord, to touch every person here, that you would move in such a way, God, that your people would be blessed, your people would be touched, your people would be enlightened, as Miss Mildred said, testified to the truth and how it changes a life. Lord, we know that this truth is so powerful. Your word is powerful to those who accept it. It's life-changing. It can do what no man can do when we surrender to you. So we ask you tonight, Lord, to have your way. We ask you to move in the hearts and lives of people, those watching, those that are in trouble right now, those that need to hear the truth, those that need to be encouraged. God, that you would reach down wherever they are. Your arm is not too short, Lord, that it can't reach. No matter where that person is that's sitting in darkness, that's lost and dying, Lord, you can reach to them. That person that is discouraged, that's oppressed, that's beaten down by the devil, you, Lord, can reach them. And, Lord, we ask you tonight that you would do that and that you would bless your people tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me get a drink of this water to clear my throat. I almost took a bath with it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, as I said, is what I felt like the Lord wanted me to go to tonight. I thought I was going to preach this this morning, but I felt the Lord kind of changed my direction when I was studying, so I went in that direction. But I uh, was praying again today about what to do, you know, tonight, what to minister from, and this was still in my heart and my mind, so this is where we're going to go tonight, and uh, the uh, the subject that we're going to deal with is... um, the comfort of God. You know, we all have to have the comfort of God. You know, and something else you said about, you know, God has a reason for why he does things, but some things you said makes makes you think, you know, that woman's husband died. Here she is alone. Here she is, you know, kind of on her own somewhat. She's without a church. She's trying to figure out what to do. And then the Lord, she had, how did, how did she get through all of that? She had the comfort of God. She had the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure she could tell a whole lot more other things as we all could have things that you went through that no man, look, I love you. You love me, I hope, or you wouldn't be here. But I can't comfort you inwardly. I cannot get you through your problems. You have to make the decision to do that God's way. You have to make the decision to learn how to receive God's comfort because this comfort, look, it comes supernaturally. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual thing. This comfort is, is something that is inward. 
that God wants to do on the inside of us, and it can't be done by, look, a doctor can help you in some ways, but they can't fix you inwardly. He can't change your spiritual status. He can't fix your problems that you're dealing with. I remember years ago, my wife, we, she had a, I think it was a headache or something she was having. She had to go to the doctor and the doctor up there in Loudon where we lived and he was asking her questions. You know how the doctors are and everything. He's like, well, are you stressed? Are you having this problem? Are you having that problem? And he prescribed her Valiums. I said, throw it in the trash. That ain't what you need. It was a physical issue, but there's, there's spiritual issues also attached to some of our physical problems where there's spiritual issues. The devil, you know, that's what the devil would love for people to do. Yeah, just take that prescription and use that to fix your problems. Now, she was dealing with a physical thing, but he was trying to give her something, you know, to, to deal with and thinking it's an emotional thing. But see, the comfort that God gives has to be given supernaturally. And you know what? You can't receive comfort unless you are going through something. You can't receive the comfort of God unless you've been beat down a little bit. You can't receive God's blessings, God's help, unless you are really going through something. It's then that we need God's help. It's then that we need to feel the Spirit of God. It's then that we need to feel the peace of God, that we need to know that we have God's favor no matter what we're going through. The Apostle Paul, who wrote this, he understood what it meant to receive the comfort of God. As I, and I don't want to hear, I'm not here to just lift up Paul, okay? The other apostles, they knew some things too. They learned themselves. Peter learned. He learned how to receive the comfort of God. He, he had to go through some things to learn how to get it. The other, they all went through things, but we see to a degree the apostle Paul, he went to a degree, he went through some things that most of the others didn't go through because he had this heavy weight upon him. He had this, this high calling of God to be an apostle, not just a prophet or evangelist, but to be used by God in every one of the fivefold giftings for the purpose of getting the gospel to those that are lost and hurting. That is a heavy weight. That's why, that, that, that's why the preacher don't need no help being attacked. He already has it. Especially the, 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 the greater the calling, the greater the testing. Some of you people in here, some of you young people, God has a calling on your life. The greater the calling, the greater the testings. You will endure some things worse than others because it is required by God. Look, it's his school. It's his testing ground to prove us, to change us, to grow us, to get us to the place to where he can use us in a greater way. So I believe that Paul understood what it was that he was speaking of because he had to receive the comfort of God himself. A preacher ain't a preacher until he or she themselves have experienced what I'm talking about so they can give it by first-hand knowledge and experience to the people that they're ministering to. If you think that, 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 that going to church and you just... You know, you want to, you should be a part of a church with a pastor who is just perfect and he never has a problem and, and his family is all so great and nobody ever has any issues. You are dreaming. 
You're in la-la land. I mean, if any, if anybody's going to be attacked in a church like that, look out. It's the leadership. I mean, the devil, I preached a message one time, you never know who's after your head. That was the title of it. John the Baptist, remember what happened to John the Baptist and how that little woman had him set up and had him, you know, murdered pretty much, had his head taken off. He, he didn't know who was after his head. You never know who's sitting in the churches after your head. <laughs> Watching through the internet, you don't know who the devil may be trying to use to try to harm you or to destroy you. But to receive God's comfort, you have to, I believe you have to be going, you have to go through some stuff. If you want to experience, well, let's just talk about Paul again for a second before I go any, any further. And was it Second Corinthians? I believe it was chapter 12. He talked about the revelation, the abundance of revelations that were given to him. He said, lest I be exalted through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to Buffet me. That's what I preached on this morning. Attack. And he said, I, in my own strength, didn't know if I was going to make it. I was crying to God over and over, Lord, I need your help. I don't know how much more of this thorn I can handle. I don't know how many more attacks I can handle. Remember, but Jesus gave him a little bit of a word. He said, Paul... Listen, here's all you need. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. All you need is my grace. All you need is my grace. You need help that you can't get. You need help that you don't have. You need the supernatural power of God to help you endure these attacks so that when you come through it, you won't be weaker, you will be stronger. See, you got to understand, when you're going through stuff, there's a purpose behind it. The purpose is to make you stronger. But if you don't receive God's grace, if you don't learn the lesson, if you want to be hard-headed, if you want to be stubborn, if you want to be bull-headed, well, go ahead, because you'll find out that won't get you anywhere. If you want to be prideful, go ahead. It won't help you. It'll hurt you. When he opened the book of 2 Corinthians, remember, this is the church he established. He spent a year and a half here establishing this church, preaching the gospel. And the Bible says that when he opened up, he said this, Paul, he said, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are all in Achaia, Grace be to you and peace. That's what we need. Grace and peace. In the time of your trouble, you need grace and peace. In the times of the storm, you need grace and peace. He said it comes from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember I said a week or so ago, when you, when you hear Paul talk about the gospel, he always connects the Father and the Son together. If you're a Christian and you know Jesus Christ, you cannot separate 
the Father from the Son. You can't separate the Son from the Father. I, I've been around a lot of people, as many, as you, many of you have, the years you've been saved, and I know people that mean well. They, they, they you know, profess to be a Christian, and some are whatnot. But when I hear somebody never mention the name of Jesus who says they're a Christian, that speaks something to me. Who, I mean, they talk about the good Lord and God being good. But if you are born again and you are saved, do you know that the only way you can be a born-again Christian is through the cross of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed on Calvary. That's the very thing that has put you here tonight in your right mind, saved you and turned you around and, good look, giving you a relationship with God Almighty. And I don't, so I don't understand Christians who, who claim to know the Lord, but they never talk about Jesus. And... In essence, that's what this is all about. Jesus. Heaven's going to be filled with Jesus. It's going to be all about Jesus. The Lamb, the Bible says, is going to be the light of the city. Jesus. And you're telling me you're born again and you don't talk about him? You don't mention his name? It's the name that offends. It's the name. It, look, this is the name that sets us apart from those that worship idols. Our God is identified with His Son. His Son was sacrificed on the cross, shed His blood, crucified, buried, and raised from the dead three days later so that you and I tonight can have freedom from the powers of darkness. And if you don't want to talk about Jesus, that's all right. I'll talk about Him. Because He's my life. He's what this, He's what, He's why I exist. He's what this is all about. It ain't about Joseph Smith. It ain't about Buddha. It ain't about Allah. It ain't about Mormonism. It's about Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what Christianity is about. This church is about Jesus. And we don't, we're not going to give anything else. Because I understand something. You understand something. It's because of Him that we are who we are. We have what we have. It's in Him we live, we move, we have our being. It's in Him. So I don't understand Christians. I'm not saying you got to run around every day saying Jesus, Jesus. No, but if, if I'm in a conversation with somebody that calls himself a Christian and I don't hear the name of Jesus ever, something wrong. Paul connected the Father with the Son. The Lord in other words, and this is what he's saying, grace and peace can be given to you from the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we receive it. He said, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord. Look at this again. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, Paul sounds like a little, a little fanatical, don't he? Talking about the Father and the Son. Blessed be uh, God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Boy, I'm glad tonight. I got a God of mercy. 
I'm so glad that when I'm weak, when I'm messed up, when I don't act just right, when I don't do just right, when I don't feel just right, that God is still a God of mercy. When I goof up, when I mess up, when I don't do right, He still stands ready to give me mercy. Hey, you better be glad tonight that He offers every one of us the same mercy. You can't strike out enough times to cause God to stop giving you mercy. All you gotta do is keep receiving through the blood of His Son and He'll give you His mercy no matter what you're going through. He's the father of mercies. Y'all remember, some of you may remember, you know, the past or years ago when you were young or, you know, how people used to represent God. Remember that old song, God's going to get you for that. God's going to get you for that. There's no place to run and hide. He knows where you're at. God's going to get you for that. And, then, you know, we just knew God as a judge. He's just out to kill everybody. He's just out to get everybody. And he is a judge. He's going to judge people. He is. He will get. Uh, he will get people for certain things. He will. There's a payday coming. But listen, for his children, those that love him and serve him, when we fail, when we mess up, when we don't do right, he ain't standing with no big stick in heaven saying, "I'm ready to beat you down." He stands waiting to give you mercy, but you got to go to him for it. He's the Father of mercies, and look, He is the God of all comfort. Hmm. All comfort. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, God has comfort for you. The God of all comfort. Look, this means it don't matter what your issue is. Well, you don't know what. I don't care what yours is. I'm going to tell you something. There's a cure for it. Don't, don't go putting yourself in that category where nobody knows what I go through because my life is just so bad and it's all, you know, it's all, I'm always having this issue. Look, God has comfort for you, brother. God has comfort for you. Now look, if you want it, He'll give it to you. But you gotta go to Him. You gotta look, you gotta receive His grace. You gotta receive that mercy. You gotta receive it by faith. You gotta keep your fellowship with Him right. You gotta keep your heart with Him right. And He's the God of all comfort. And look, verse four, who comforts us in all our tribulation. What does that tell us? You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. This, I guess, is kind of a little bit of a second part of this morning. I guess you're going to be attacked. He comforts us in, uh, what, how do you know this, Paul? Oh, let me tell you how I know. Huh. Because I've been there. Because I've been put in situations to where I didn't see no way out of it. Huh. I've been so far down to where it looked like the devil was going to destroy me. But at the last minute, here comes comfort. At the last minute, here comes Jesus. At the last minute, here comes some grace and mercy. At the last minute, when it looks like I'm just about to go wonder, all of a sudden, something inside of me raises up and rises up, and I feel a strength and a power that I could not receive on my own because I'm being comforted by God. He comforts us in all our tribulation. Why? Now listen. 
Here's the purpose. Here's why God does what he does with us, and especially ministers. Now, look, this is for everybody in this place tonight, but this also is for ministers. Ministers need to understand this because we at times go through things that are a whole lot more difficult than the person, the average person that comes and sits on a church pew. I'm not saying that as a big head, I'm bigger than you. I'm telling you, it's the truth. There's some things some of you will never go through that some of us have to deal with. But you see, whatever you are going through, God wants you to experience his comfort so that the result can be the same for you, even though you ain't a preacher, that you can be able to comfort them which are in trouble. That's why. He comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble wherewith by, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Imagine this, an apostle of God saying, I have to receive the comfort of God in my tribulation. He's not denying problems. He's not, he's not having, you know, got a, you know, trying to confess all of his stuff away. He's saying, I have tribulation like you do, but I have to receive, I have to learn how to receive God's help so that it, when I do and I come through it, it ain't just going to benefit me. It's going to benefit you. Well, if the pastor can endure the tribulation, if the pastors can endure the attacks and come to church and preach the gospel and play the piano and play the drums and people and, and come on and praise God and go through what they're going through, then it's a benefit to the body. Amen. We got to receive it first, don't we, Miss Grace? We got to receive it. In order for me to receive it, I got to be put in a place to where I have to receive it. Tribulation is not a good word. People don't like to talk about that word. We live in a positive society. No negative. Don't talk negative. That's not God. Just be positive. You're not going to be able to just go around ignoring your problems and acting as if they don't exist, even though in a sense we have to do that. I have to come to church with problems sometimes and put on a smile on my face and get over up here and preach and play drums and do everything I do and just pretend like it ain't nothing going on. That ain't fake. That ain't faking nothing. I'm doing what God called me to do because if I don't, I won't come. Did you get that? If I don't, I'll, I won't come here. I'll stay out. If I don't, see, we can't just quit church when we have problems. You can't just walk off. You can't revert to your flesh. You can't back up. That's what the devil wants. You can't back up. You got to go forward. Receiving God's comfort. He comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them who are in any trouble. Oh, trouble. Anybody in trouble tonight? I got good news for you. I've been there too. You're experiencing a tax? Good news. Some of us have been there too. You're going through something that you, you don't quite know how you're going to get through it? Good news. You got a God in heaven who wants to give you some comfort. 
He wants to give you some mercy. He wants to give you some power, praise God. He wants to give you some Holy Ghost power, right? And we got to have that too to make it. The power. The power of the power that people resist, the power that people deny, the power that people say that ain't for today. They're denying the very thing that can help enable them to get them through things. We're comforted of God, though. Look at verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds in us. By Christ, the sufferings of Christ. He said, Paul's saying, look, we suffer for following Jesus. He understood that he suffered for preaching the gospel. Remember when, when Paul was a Pharisee? Remember all that persecution he was doing against God's people? And he thought he was doing God a favor. He thought he was doing God a service. And, 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 and all that having people locked up. Uh, uh, persecuting, attacking God's people. But remember after he got saved and everything changed and the one that he persecuted, he now preaches. The one he hated, he now loves. The one that he was going into Damascus to persecute, he now goes into Damascus and preaches him. Remember when God sent Ananias to lay hands on him and to pray for him? Remember what he told him? Ananias said, I don't know about all this. This young thing you heard what the, all the, don't you know all the bad things this man has done and he hates your name? And he said, you go. He's a chosen vessel of mine. But he said this, he said, I'll show him how much he will suffer for my name's sake. The persecutor is now persecuted the one causing suffering is now no God wasn't paying him back he's just simply saying this gospel will bring suffering now he's going to get a taste of what these people went through that that served me that loved me he's going to experience what this is really like and he did and to such a degree probably that none of us will ever experience it but his life was so changed by the power of God, he was willing to endure it all the way to the end, to the giving of his life. He never backed up. He never quit. He never sat down. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. There's a crown of life laid up waiting on me, not just for me, for all them who love the Lord. He said, I'm ready to be, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. And I'm okay with it because I'm ready to see my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to be with the one that died on the cross that saved me and set me free. And I'm not holding anything back. I'm not going to fight and tell them you can't kill me. You can't hurt me. If they want to take my life, they can take my life. Because to take my life is to send me into eternal life. To take my life is to do me a favor oh come on somebody to take my life will be the sweetest thing I ever experienced because I'm going to see Jesus well you sound like you want to die no that ain't what I mean but I ain't scared of dying I ain't worried about dying all that stuff's been fixed Jesus fixed that up I'm not here and I say I'm real come on come on let's all go die right now no ain't what I'm saying but I'm ready I'm willing I'm in I hope I am. 
Only the Lord knows. He, was, he had such a boldness and a confidence that when it came down to the end and the Lord showed him he's about to lose his life, he was okay with it. Could you be? <laughs> Could we be okay with it? The Lord said, tomorrow, I'm going to take, take you home. That's how much confidence he had in God. The one who persecuted the way now is persecuted. He's going through things. He's suffering attacks of the devil. He said in verse 6, whether we be afflicted, it's for your consolation and salvation. So this is for the benefit of others. We go through things at times for God to grow us, to work in us, so that it will not just benefit us, but it will benefit people around us. Your life does have a purpose. Your purpose is to glorify Jesus Christ. Your purpose is to witness to somebody. Your purpose is that, 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 that somebody lost without God sees you, knows you're going through something, and then wonders, how in the world are they handling it? I'd be losing my mind. I'd be going nuts. I'd be strung out on drugs. How are they making it? Well, I'm going to tell you how we're making it. His name is Jesus. His comfort gives us help. It's for your consolation and your salvation. So, listen, ministry ain't just about me. Christianity ain't just about me. That's the mentality we got to break in the church. It's just about me. And I don't like how I feel. I'm getting hit and and I don't want to do nothing. It ain't just about you. It's about the benefit of others. I don't come here and preach for me. I come preach for you. If I was preaching for me, I'd have quit a long time ago. Well, that uh, football coach one while back, some a year or so, a few back, or what? I don't remember why I saw it. Uh, the preacher was preaching, talking about injured Christians. You got to be like a football player. You got to learn how to play hurt. You got to learn how to preach hurt. You got to learn how to play hurt. You got to learn how to sing hurt. You got to learn how to run the sound booth hurt. (laughs) You got to learn how to teach the kids hurt. We have to learn how to do what God has called us to do while we're hurting. But you know, many times we don't see this but others can see it. I see it at times. I can see at times when God is doing his greatest work in a person. And most of the time it's when bad things are happening, when they're suffering, when something is not going good. Yet you can see the Spirit of God being increased in their heart and in their life. And they may feel like a dirty dog. They feel like I ain't getting nowhere, but that ain't what I see. See, it ain't necessarily what you see. It's what somebody else sees. It ain't just about me. This is about the benefit of others. We're living in a day and time to where we need more preachers of the gospel. We need more people in ministry who know how to play hurt, who know how to preach hurt, who know how to minister while they're going through their own problems. Paul understood this stuff. He didn't quit preaching because he had a problem. He didn't back up. What it did was caused him to get closer to God. 
And sometimes that we don't we don't see that, but I think that's the times that we are getting closer to God and we don't even realize it. Is when we're suffering, when we're going through things, and you can see it in a person's life. Whether we be afflicted, it's for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Boy, there's a lot of talk about suffering in this verse, ain't it? Suffering. Anybody suffering tonight? We also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. It's for you. It's for your co-worker. Maybe for your boss. Maybe for people in your family. Maybe for people in your church. Maybe you're going through some of the things you're going through. Well, the number one reason why we go through things we go through, I think, is because God's trying to change us. But also, He wants to strengthen us. He wants to give us comfort so He can do a greater work in our heart and in our life. And if we don't understand that, then we just think... When, when we enter into bad things, we just start glorifying the devil and making the devil to be this big bad guy. The devil's doing all this and the devil's doing all that. And, and we kind of get our minds fogged up and we don't see from the Scripture what God is trying to do in us. He said, Our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, there it is again, sufferings. Sounds like a negative preacher, huh? No. Truth. As you, as you are partaker of the suffering, so shall you be of the consolation. That's the comfort, yeah? We suffer, but you can also be a partaker of the comfort. Now, let me get to verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure. Above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. I want to give a little personal testimony about this verse. Something that happened in my own life around 2016 when we started going to Africa. I think it was our second trip when we planned to go to Africa for two weeks. Didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. But we planned to go to two different areas of Africa. Go to spend one week in one area, preach a week. And then leave there and fly to the next town and go preach there for a week. And that's what we planned to do. That's what we felt like the Lord wanted us to do. Looking back on it now, I don't know. I have to leave it in God's hands. But I can tell you this. Some things happened that I never expected. I mean, attacks. Starting with us getting into the country and getting to a hotel and me passing out and hitting the floor. And my wife and daughter looked at me and my feet buckled from underneath me and I hit the ground and said it looked like I was kind of trying to have a seizure or something. And all of a sudden I come back to and woke up and I was weak. I was so weak I could barely hold my head up and, and they were panicking and everything. And like, you know, look, there's no ER, no walk-in clinic in Nairobi. No place to go for help. And, and, and they were kind of panicking and I, I was broke. I had a sweat all over my head and, and I remember coming to and they were kind of panicking and I just looked at them. I said, listen, pray. I said, pray right now. Pray. And they lay hands on me and started praying. 
And then a few minutes later, she went and got a wash rag, got it, got it, you know, wet with water, started wiping my head off. And I started feeling a little bit better. I started getting a little bit of strength. But from that very moment, I was so weak. I thought, oh, no. We're in Africa. And the devil says, I'm going to kill you. That's what the devil was telling me. I'm going to kill you in Africa. You're going to die here. No doctors, no hospital, no walking. You ain't going to have no help. You're going to die here. And you know what I had to do? I had to make a choice as to whose voice I was going to listen to. And I thought to myself, you lying devil, you. No, I ain't. As weak as I was, without strength and sick, and I got sick from that moment and was weak, and I can't remember if this was before we went to the, the, first, uh, the first week or after we got finished with the first service. It might have been after we finished the first week and we were in between. But I was so weak and so just my head, we would get on a plane, my head was spinning. Every time we get off the plane, I was dizzy. I would preach. Preach, we were preaching under a tent, preaching outside. And I mean, boy, when I sit there under that tent, my head would be spinning. I'd be tired. The devil was trying to talk to me, Adam. He says, you're wasting your time. I'm going to kill you. You don't need to be here. And yet the Holy Ghost said, I brought you here. And every time I would get up to preach, the power of God would come on me so strong. And I mean, the anointing would hit that place. And all of a sudden, I forgot about how weak I was because strength started coming into my body. But after I was done preaching, I was right back to feeling the same way, weak. And this happened the whole time we were there, pretty much, the second week. And I remember we were on the airplane, and I was dizzy. We'd get off the plane and have to go, you know, through the airport, and I'd have to stop and sit down and tell them to wait, you know, for me. Let me sit and rest a minute because my head was spinning so bad. And I'll never forget, we were at one airport when that was going on, and I said, I put my suitcase, I pulled my suitcase up and sat down on my suitcase, sitting there in the airport, and they wanted to go get somewhere. I said, just go on, I'm going to sit right here. And this lady walks up beside me and sat down beside me, and we started carrying on a conversation. Before you know it, we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I told her she could be filled with the Holy Ghost, and Melissa come back, we sat there, and we laid hands on her and prayed for her right there in the airport for God to fill her with the Holy Spirit. I don't think she did, but praise God, she got turned on to it. And I'm talking about while I'm weak and I don't feel good. God brings somebody into my path. I could have sit there and said, I don't, I don't feel like it, Lord. But you see that power, that comfort, that grace that God gives us enables you to be able to go on. And I'll never forget that. I felt like that was one of the worst two weeks of my life. We came back from Africa and I still didn't feel good. Even when I got back, I was having cramps in my legs. I thought, man, well, I got to get in better shape. I, we got, I bought a bicycle and started trying to go to the park and ride my cramps out of my legs. And I was trying to get, you know, exercise. I thought, and I didn't realize what was really going on with me. It was a spiritual attack. The devil was attacking me. And you know what he was telling me? That's what he was telling me. He said, you're going to die here. And you know, when all this stuff was taking place, 
I got my Bible out one day, and I was just reading through my Bible. We were in Africa, and I opened up to these verses. But I specifically, Adam went to these verses. I, I, I don't even remember ever seeing this in my life, ever. And I was reading this about what happened when Paul said, We would not have you, brethren, to be ignorant concerning the trouble which came to us in Asia, for we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But the next verse is what I want center on. It said, we had the sin, of, well, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. And I was reading my expositor's Bible, and all of a sudden that little red note there jumped out at me, and I seen what Brother Swaggart said, and it hit me between the eyes. He said, Paul thought he was going to die. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm experiencing, Lord. And the Lord gave me this revelation. He thought he was going to die. That's how he felt. He felt like he was not going to make it. But you know, I kept reading. <laughs> I said, I kept reading. I read, I got on to the next part, and I said, oh, I see. <laughs> more what's going on. There's some more flesh in Thomas Clymer getting killed. There's some more trust in flesh and self that God is using this trip to get rid of. We had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. I will tell you, this stuff is real. And when you're sick and when you're not feeling good, physically and, and the devil tries to get to you mentally and starts trying to mess with your mind, he can have you to believe in his lies if you ain't careful. That's why you have to get into the word of God. When I read this, this stuff jumped off the bottom of me and I had a Holy Ghost fit. I'm going to tell you, I started being comforted by and I thought, whoa, I see it. I understand what I'm dealing with here, Lord. The devil's mad. He hates me. He's attacking me. But God, you're letting it happen because you're doing something in me. You got me 10,000 miles away in another country where I can't run to the doctor and I can't call 911, but I can get on the phone and I can call Jesus and I can give me some grace and mercy, praise God. It was real to me. And I'll never forget this because I've never seen that before. That's why these notes in this Bible is good for y'all to read. They'll help you. They'll encourage you. You know, Brother Swaggart ain't changing the words of the Bible. He ain't taking away from the writing and read of Jesus. That ain't, that ain't, put that stuff out of your mind, folks. This Bible is a commentary Bible. It's there to help you. If you sit down with somebody and you just, I'm going to make it simple. If you sit down with someone and you have a Bible study, you discuss Scripture, you sit there and you read Scripture and you talk about what you think it means. Do you know what you just did? You gave your commentary. You gave your commentary. That's what this is, church, but it's coming from a man who knows what he's talking about. A modern-day apostle who's been through this stuff to a degree that some of us may ever may never face. So we can learn from those that have gone through these things. And if you, if, if you want to be prideful and arrogant, well, I don't need to hear that. Well, God will take you to a place 
to where you can experience it. And there won't be anybody there to help you but you and him. Let, let me back up a little bit to verse 8 when he said, Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were pressed. We were pressed out of measure. The word pressed means to be burdened, to be oppressed or weighed down. Can you imagine an apostle being oppressed, being weighed down with situations and circumstances, something bad happening to him because he stands on the truth. of This is why Paul endured all this because he preached a powerful gospel. The devil hated him because he knew everywhere Paul went, somebody's life's going to get changed. Somebody's going to hear the truth. Somebody's going to get delivered. And, and as Brother Swagger said in his notes, and he's right, if the devil hates one thing, he hates the preaching of the cross. He hates those who preach this gospel. He hates you. And he wants you, but good news is God only let him go so far. As you'll see here, he said we were pressed out of measure. Out of measure means to, means to throw beyond, to go beyond what you can handle. Anybody ever been put in a position where God put you beyond what you could handle? We all could just say, Amen! Beyond what you could handle. Out of measure, above strength, it means over, above, beyond your own power. Beyond your own strength. Again, what you were talking about earlier, you know, your works, that works mentality mindset, all it does is glorify you. You think you're the one. You think you're the power. You think you're reading, you're praying. And you, you see, God strips all of that. He strips you of your power so he can reveal his power. Everybody ought to be saying, praise the Lord, I'm happy tonight that I'm getting attacked. Because I'm going to come out with a shout. I'm going to come out with some comfort of God. I'm going to come out witnessing to my family members. <laughs> Ain't nobody jumping up and down. <laughs> I know because nobody, we don't like trouble. We don't like to be pressed. We don't like to be crushed. Because that's the implication of one of these verses too, to be crushed. When I read that earlier, my mind went back to camp meeting about mm, 10 years ago or something, about a year or so after I had a motorcycle wreck and the devil tried to kill me again <laughs> and broke my leg, messed myself up in the worst pain of my life. And I remember we went to camp meeting, I think it was a year or so afterwards, and we were there, I think it might have been a Wednesday or Thursday night, and Brother Swagger stepped out of preach, and he was preaching from Job. And I'll never forget this, boy, because I mean the Spirit of God was running all over me. He said, God had to crush him. And boy, when he said that, the Spirit of God hit me, and I thought, oh, <laughs> I know what that means. He has to strip you of your flesh. And most Christians don't want to go there. They don't. But yes, yet it's needful for God to do what he wants to do in you. Strip you 
crush you. Paul says, we were crushed. We've been, we've been pressed beyond measure. I, he says, I've been put in situations where I was powerless. I had no way out of it. There was no way to get through it but to cry to God for help. We shouldn't have to wait to go that far to cry to God. To get real serious, to get real desperate, to get prayer, you know, to get to praying like we should. We shouldn't have to go through all the stuff we go through to, for God to get us to that place. But we do. He said, we despair. This was in so much that we despaired even of life. You feel like you're going down. You think you're not going to make it. You're having all these problems. The devil starts talking to you. You're getting hit with this, hit with that, sickness. Problems on the job, problems here, what, whatever. What, I don't know what agitates you the worst. I know what gets to me. But Satan tries to use things to try to turn God's children away, to get you to try to, listen, to get you to seek comfort in a bottle. There ain't no comfort in a bottle. It's trouble. To get you to get to look for comfort in drugs. There's no comfort there. My wife was in Louisiana the other night. She got invited by Brother Carl Brown to come down and give our testimony. And I watched her sitting there in the bedroom at home watching that thing. And I said, Lord, I just want to listen to her tell it. I want to sit back and enjoy this. And she started telling that testimony. And boy, I tell you what, I mean, the Spirit of God was all in it. And I sat there on that bed as she was telling that parts of that. And I was just crying like a baby and saying, thank you, Lord. It's like reliving it all over again as she was going through telling it. I thought, boy, I'm a blessed man. I got a blessed wife. Man, we got a blessed family. God has done a miracle in our life. He has reached down. I mean, the devil, boy, we knew he knew he lost some people when he lost us, and he hates it, and he still hates it. I'm glad he does. But all the, it made me think about all the things we were trying to find comfort in, the drugs, the drinking, all the stuff, and yet we were still miserable and wretched. You ain't going to find any help in this world. The help you need is spiritual. It ain't going to come from Dr. Phil. Oprah don't have it. Jesus has it. It's called grace and mercy. God wants to give us the comfort that we need. He said that we should not trust in ourselves. So there's our lesson. We don't trust in ourselves. But who and who? God who raises the dead. He's in the dead raising business. He's in the spiritual dead-raising business. In God who raises the dead, who, this last verse, who delivered us, past tense, who delivered us and does deliver, present, and what? And yet he will deliver us. Past, present, future. I got a God tonight that no matter what, I go through. 
He's done it in the past. He's done it in the present. And he's going to do it in the future. So I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. Joy is coming in the morning. I don't have to be afraid because God is in control. So so if you don't leave here with anything, leave knowing this, that what you're going through, God wants to use it to affect somebody else. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes off of you. Get your eyes off of your problems. Get And say, Lord, help me to help others. Help me to be a witness. Miss Grace, would you come? Michaela, I'm done. But the Lord's not. Listen, if you're here tonight, I, hear, I want everyone to stand, if you would, first thing. Stand, bow your heads. I want to pray real quick. First thing, I want to ask a question. Do you know Jesus tonight? Is your heart right with him? Are you receiving the comfort of God? If you're not, you need to be saved. You need to open your heart tonight and let Jesus come in and change your life. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, I want you to slip your hand up for us to pray with you, to pray that you come to know Jesus. Because if you don't know him, you don't know what the comfort of God is. This comfort I'm talking about, my friend, don't come from the source of this world. It comes from on high. It comes from the power of God. If you're lost and you don't know Jesus, you can come to know him tonight. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're a Christian, I believe everybody here is, but you're dealing with things, there's problems, there's attacks, there's maybe there's a physical problem and Satan tries to mess with you through physical problems you got an opportunity tonight to do what Paul did surrender Lord I'm not trusting in myself I'm trusting in you to get me through this no matter what you're facing tonight if you need help getting through it this altar call is for you you're watching through the internet this is for you tonight there's a place up here for you to come and say, Lord, I need your help to get through this. And she sings, come. If you need it, I want you to come. Step out. Find your place in this altar up here and say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. I'm surrendering This is my prayer. This is my plea. Let the worshipers rise. Let your sons and your daughters sing. I'm surrendering my all to you, oh Lord. I surrender to the King. Let the worshipers rise. Let your sons and your daughters. Come and pray with some of these. Adam, would you come and pray? Some of you ladies, if you want to, come and step out and pray with some of these that have come. And let's believe God tonight to give us strength to make it through what we're going through. 
Come on, church, just begin to praise Him. Whatever you're going through tonight, I'm going to tell you, God is able to get you through it. Just give up, surrender to Him tonight. And let Him have His way. Praise God. Yes. Let the worshipers sons and your daughters sing I'm surrendering my all oh to you oh Lord I surrender to the King Father I can see that you were drawing light in the sand and I want to be standing by your side
you didn't know you got something to carry you out of here amen praise the lord good to see everybody tonight and um we will be here wednesday night for midweek service unless the trumpet sounds we'll be in the heavenly service but come if you can wednesday night and be here and don't forget this is this coming next saturday we got prayer meeting i believe it is if i got the date right okay i got it right this time all right good job So prayer meeting Saturday also if you can come. God bless you. Shake somebody's hand and we'll see you then. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303.
For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.